Hey, we're Ginger and Jeremy Volo. Welcome to the Hope We Hold podcast. Where we have weekly conversations around our family table to share the hope of Jesus. Today, we are going to communicate about communication. And our topic is the importance of talking. And I'm going to share the best marriage advice I have ever received. Uh, But first, let me remind all of you listening to rate and review. Uh, We are helped by your feedback, encouraged to hear how you're encouraged. Thank you so much for you guys, all you who have rated and reviewed and left comments and emails. Um, We love hearing from you. We want to hear from you. Yeah, so share your hope stories, um, and we love hearing them. And we've actually actually started something we're calling Our Hope Story on Instagram. We want to introduce a new way for you all to participate in the hope we hold. So join us by sharing your story of hope and using the hashtag Our Hope Story on social media. Yeah, we'll be sharing uh, those stories here on the podcast And we want to hear how God has worked out hope in your life. And so you can post on social media and by tagging at hope we hold and hashtagging our hope story, uh, we will be able to find your story. And if you have no idea what tagging and hashtagging is, ask somebody, maybe a a son, a daughter, somebody who's who's connected on the interwebs, they'll be able to tell you. Um, But we want to hear from you. And so make sure your account is set to public. We'll be able to see your story. Just tag Hope We Hold and hashtag Our Hope Story and tell your story of hope. Or you can also um, email us your story. That's easier, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) contact at hopewehold.com. And so we're really looking forward to reading your stories and sharing them with um, the audience here. Yeah, and we actually uh, received a story already from a listener named Ashley Hallford. Um, she's actually appeared on Today and the 700 Club uh, to tell her story. Um, Thanks for sending in your hope story, Ashley. Uh, This is what she wrote. She said this, When I was 26, my husband and I were expecting our first child. At 32 weeks pregnant, I was diagnosed with cancer in my neck. It spread to my brain, both lungs, and my liver within weeks. I was given a few weeks to live. My son was born seven weeks prematurely. There is so much to this story, a story of God's love, mercy, grace, and healing. We reached a point when hope was almost lost, but we know it's never lost with our great God. He miraculously healed me and continued to bless me. We were told we would never have more children because I had endured so much chemotherapy, but we went on to have two more kids just miracle and miracle and hope upon hope. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Very encouraging to hear, Ashley, um, and to hear about you and your husband's faith during that time. So thank you so much for sending in that incredible story. Um, Just, yeah, what a beautiful picture of the hope of Christ carrying you through the darkest times of your life. Yeah, it's so true. I can't can't imagine... uh, a diagnosis like that, mm-hmm. yeah. walking into the hospital for, uh, you know, whatever reason, maybe it was a, an update on the, on the child in your womb and to come out with a diagnosis that you have cancer um, and how quickly it spread and you had just mm-hmm. weeks to live. That's mm-hmm. astonishing. I can't imagine that. 
but Ashley, it's really amazing to hear, uh, you know, you talking about hope upon hope. And mm-hmm. so Ashley, thank you so much for sending that in. And for, for the rest of our listeners, those are the kind of stories that grip us. Mm-hmm. It's real life. You know, Ginger and I started this podcast uh, for the purpose of sharing the hope we hold in Jesus. Right. We, we know that you, just like us, like everyone, you're walking through valleys in this life. And there's mountain peaks, but there's valleys. Mm-hmm. And to hear those stories of how you are traversing through trial and mm-hmm. and your your head is above water. And like we've talked about before, that buoy for your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so encouraging. I think those are often the most encouraging things when people share their stories and how they've walked through difficulties than those of us who maybe haven't walked through as serious issues or are walking through even smaller things day to day that um, we can see just the faithfulness of God and his um, just patience with us, even in our suffering and just how he is so kind. So I think those things are very helpful. When you all share your stories, it's an encouragement um, not only to us, but then also to the listeners here. And so thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah, that's so good, Ashley. Thank you so much. And and for others, we'd encourage you share share the hope you have in Jesus and how that's that's held you through difficult times um, or even good times. I mean, it's not our hope right. that we hold isn't isn't just for the dark days. Oh, yes. It's for every that day. That is so true. Okay, well, well, let's talk. Um, our topic today is talking, so let's <laughs> talk about it. Uh, communication. Man, there's a lot to say about this. Yeah, big issue. I think most relationships live or die depending on communication. I mean, think about someone who hasn't, who you haven't spoken to in five or 10 years and how strong is that relationship? I mean, if you just decide to stop talking to your parents for, say, six years, I mean, try giving them a call in 2026 and just being like, hey, what's up? I mean, how do you think they'd respond? <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's so true. I mean, relationships, they're built on communication. Mm. Um, you can say you know someone, but communication is actually what makes a relationship a relationship. Mm. So think about it. I, I could say, uh, I know Tom Hanks. Uh, you know, I've seen some of his movies, Cast Away, great movie. Uh, slow, but if you're willing to sit through it, it's a good movie. Um and I could say, you know, I know Tom Hanks, but do I? I mean, if I saw him, he'd just say, well, who are you? There, we don't have a relationship. But, but think about this. If we met one time, even if it was just one time, we just shared one word, at that point, we'd actually have a relationship. Now, it's very shallow and a short relationship, but it's a relationship nonetheless because there's been communication, there's been engagement. So relationships are built on communication, and that's the first point we should understand. But something else, um, relationships, they rise or fall on the quality and content of communication because it's not enough that we communicate. I mean, it really matters how we communicate and what we say and how we say it. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, think of the different types of relationships that require communication. I I just, you know, gave a silly example kind of of, you know, having one word with someone and there's a relationship and that's true. But if you think about the different types of relationships, you could think of an employee to employer. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, the, the employer tells the employee what to do. But think about the quality and content of that communication. Mm-hmm. There's really no, um, I mean, some employers have more intimate relationships than, than with their employees than others. But, but if you just think about it sort of in the, in the raw form, um, the employer tells the employee what to do. There's no talking back. There's no explanation needed, right? You were hired to type up these documents, type up the documents. You don't need to know what they are, why they are, just do it. That's what you're being paid to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of this command and duty relationship. There's communication, there's a relationship, but you just think of the the quality and the content of that relationship between an employee and an employer. Yeah, or think of a relationship between friends. Um, communication between friends, like, yeah, I'd say Jessa is definitely one of my closest friends, and we could talk for hours. I mean, we have stayed up late so many times talking about, you know, what's on our hearts or things that we were walking through at that time and just discussing or just the joys of life or the silly moments that um, we've loved. And it's just it's amazing what a friendship can do because you really care about that person and you want to hear what they have to say. It doesn't matter how silly or, you know, how trivial it may seem, but those things make your relationship stronger because you're communicating. And in marriage relationship with Jerry and I, we are constantly talking about, hey, how was your day? Oh, what did you have for lunch? Like things like that, that most people would probably be bored if we say, if we posted on our Instagram every day, what we had for lunch, you'd be get over it, you know, but I like to hear how his day went and he hear how my day went. And it's just those things, communication, strengthen your relationship yeah and it's from the it's from sort of the base like kind of silly things to the profound right like you and jessa um you know you guys can joke and talk about whatever but then you can also like you said stay up till 2 a.m pouring your souls out to each other right and you know that's i i took advantage of that when i was trying to get jessa to set me up with you like (laughs) Come on, Jess, talk to the girl. Like, take take yep. her out for coffee. Get what's she thinking? Like, and she did take me out. for She coffee. did. Like, throw my name in the <laughs> in the hat. Come on. Um, but but that the communication is so vital to a friendship, and and we can all think about friends and the level of friends we have. And you know, we're, we don't need to be like middle schoolers. Like, we're saying my my best friend and my second best friend and my third best friend, but. But you really think about those friends that you have deep bonds with mm-hmm. and think about the communication you've had with them. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just coincidental. I mean, you can go deep and you can go deep fast. Mm-hmm. I think of a relationship I have with my buddy James Song. Mm-hmm. And um, James and Singhei, they live in New York. Uh, back when I was on the Red Bulls in 2011, we became like best friends. Uh, really didn't have a lot in common except for our love for food and Jesus. And James and I might not, I mean, we talk often, but we could go six months without talking, but then we could have one conversation and immediately within two minutes, we're, we're deep. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you? And it's not like the superficial, how are you? It's like the, how are you really? Right. And we're getting into life together. There's a depth of communication between friends. And even an intentionality in those conversations, yeah. just thinking about your communication, what do I want to say to this person? How do I want to listen to them? Um, communication also is involves listening to the other person. Yeah. So it's really 
I, I've appreciated seeing so many strong relationships that you have, Jared, throughout the years with friends and even how those years may go by and maybe you don't have every opportunity to speak to them, but you guys just pick up right where you left off and have such amazing relationships because your communication has been strong since the beginning. Yeah. And um, one point I want to bring up about the friends, and there's a proverb about this, uh, Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, mm-hmm. profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Um, as we're thinking about communication, friends speak lovingly, but they speak truth. Mm-hmm. And I think we could all relate to this where, you know, you with Jessa, me with James, and I could la- name others as you could, um, with with close friends, everything hasn't always just been easy in our communication. Right. Like we've had to say hard things to each other. Mm-hmm. My buddy James, I remember a time recently, he challenged me, like challenged me. And, and I, I call him and say, James, you know, what are your thoughts? And he says, well, and he shares his thoughts mm-hmm. and it's candid. And sometimes it hurts because, <laughs> you know, it, he's he's pointing out something that's you know, that I've misstepped or I've misspoken or whatever. But faithful are the wounds of a friend. Um, so, man, so valuable communication between friends. And and I want us to keep going here because we're going to kind of come back to this topic. But but think of the relationship between a child and a parent. Um, that's another dimension of interaction that has a certain kind of communication. And we'll talk about that a little a little later on, but there's a certain way that we communicate with Felicity right now, which will change. And, and we'll talk about that. Um, or you brought up already spouse to spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there, there's another dimension of communication with a relationship that I want us to spend a couple minutes on. And that's of the Christian with God. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, this is pretty fascinating. And I'm going to bring out a couple Bible verses here. Um, but, but in John 15, Jesus is speaking with his disciples. And listen to what he says in verse 15. He's telling his disciples, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. Now, that's that like employee-employer relationship where just do as you're told. Don't, don't talk back. And, and you don't need to know why you're, like, like, you don't need to know why you need to, uh, you know, clean up this space in the restaurant. Like, just do it. Um, you don't know, need to know who the dignitary is coming or who's coming for dinner there or who we're hosting or whatever. Just, you're being paid 12 bucks an hour to clean this restaurant. So clean it. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus says to his disciples, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. Jesus is revealing a relationship shift that he has with his disciples. And this really goes back to the reality of the gospel, that we are sons of God, that we're actually in this like parent-child relationship, this intimate relationship with God, And that changes our communication. Notice what Jesus said. He said, the servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all that I've heard from my father. I've made known to you. There's this openness. These channels of communication are open. 
And, and I want to point something out, which is really cool. The name by which God revealed himself in the Old Testament was Yahweh. And it's a glorious name. We, we might transliterate it in English as Jehovah. And it talks about God's aseity, his independence. God's, he's not reliant on anyone or anything. He is who he is. There's so much glory packed in that name. And that continues to be his name. But in the New Testament, there's a different emphasis of, of how God refers to himself and how his disciples refer to him. And it's that of Father. So same God, same glorious realities, but in the salvation provided by Jesus, we enter an intimate father-child relationship with God. And just a couple more thoughts here, babe. Um, You know, we can kind of insult the intelligence of our children, even our spouses or our friends, by talking at them and refusing to engage them. So, you know, detail sharing is not like a flourishing relationship. And what I mean by that is, is just just spitting facts at each other. Um, you know, a, a deep, intimate relationship is one where I want to feel what you feel. I want to know why you did what you did, not simply that you did it. Mm-hmm. So in my relationship with you, I want to discover you when you talk, not just discover your schedule. Right. Does that yeah, make sense? That does. So here's, here's the point. An employer-to-employee relationship is a relationship, but it's not a flourishing, enjoyable, delightful relationship. And that's the relationship we have in Jesus with, with God as Christians, as his disciples. Wow, that's good. It's convicting also, I think, um, Parents, how do you treat your children? I think that's a good question to ask. Are you teaching them to engage and understand why they should obey you or why they shouldn't run into the street or why it's not wise to eat eight pounds of candy before bed? Or are you just telling them, no, stop, don't do that. Stop talking. Be quiet. You know, like all those things. I mean, our children need to be taught to obey us for their own good, but as they grow older, our relationship with them should mature and we should engage them less like infants and more like adults as they grow. And that's a relationship that is enjoyable and it's a relationship that respects them as individuals. Yeah, babe, that is so good. I mean, and that's that's the point that that Jesus was showing his disciples was that I am ushering you into this intimate relationship where there's divulging of of who we are and why we are and communication. No longer just talking at and demanding of, but engaging. Mm -hmm. And so think about that with our marriages. Uh, Here's a convicting question. Do we talk at one another or with one another? Mm -hmm. You know, we really need to think about what and how we communicate. Yeah, the quality of communication. It's so, so, so important. I mean, it's good communication doesn't come naturally and for a lot of reasons. Yeah, that's true. Because we're selfish, we're disinterested, we're oblivious at times to the world and people around us. We're not as aware as we should be. And 
on and on. And it takes intentional thought and it takes effort. Yeah, right. It does. Communication really is an art. It's a craft. And and like any art or craft, it's one we can get better at. We can actually improve in our communication. And sometimes we want to make the excuse, well, you know, I'm an introvert, so I don't communicate well. Or maybe we've taken a personality test and that personality test has told us that we're not a great communicator. So that's kind of our excuse. Um, well, sure, that may be true, but but you can actually grow as a communicator. Uh, just like you can grow in love, just like you can grow in grace, mm. in sensitivity, in conviction, you can grow in discernment and understanding. Well, you can also grow as a communicator. Mm, that's really good. Um, I want to share this article from Joel Beakey. Now, um, if you don't know who Joel Beakey is to our listeners, this guy is the preeminent scholar on the Puritans. Um, and we'll put the link in the bottom of this podcast uh, to this fantastic article he wrote entitled Seven Ways to Grow in the Art of Communication. And he specifically uh, wrote the article talking about uh, parents speaking with their children. Uh, but it's relevant stuff for all communication. And so uh, we wanted to share and kind of go through these seven points because communication is an art. It's a craft. Mm -hmm. And we can get better at it. And so let's run through those. Um, the first thing that, that Beaky writes is he says, first, we should draw out the thoughts of others. And then he, he explains it this way. Communication involves not just talking, but drawing out the thoughts and feelings of others. Solomon said, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Proverbs 20 verse 5. Blessed is the parent who knows how to draw out such thoughts in a child. Good communication is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. We don't talk to our children, we talk with them. And, and it's this engaging, this, this looking at someone like a deep well and saying, I'm going to draw thoughts out of you. That's a really helpful tool in learning how to communicate. Look at people as interesting. Remember we mm, talked about that? Yes. I love that episode. That was fun. That was a really fun episode. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It, it it's had me thinking about engaging with people all the more. And what Beaky's saying is, we need to draw out the thoughts of others, which takes us being interested in them. Hmm, that's really good. That is so excellent, Jer. Um, another thought that Beaky had a second thought: um, we should let our conversations be ruled by the wisdom of Scripture. And then he explains that by saying that we need to be careful not to replace God's wisdom with man's wisdom. For example, we need to call sin a sin and call lie lie. We shouldn't buy into our culture's tendency to say weakness when it's, it's actually sin or fib when it's actually a lie, an affair for adultery, or strong-willed when a person is disobedient. Our children need to recognize that we think biblically and we speak biblically and act biblically without cramming religion down their throats. And I think that's really helpful because as Christians, our worldview, the way we see this world and live in it is to be primarily influenced by the Bible. So are we allowing the wisdom of God to influence us more than the wisdom of man? Yeah, that's, that's a good point and insightful. Um, 
the Apostle Paul talks about God making foolish the wisdom of the world. Um, we should speak truth in love according to God's wisdom. And as Christians, that's what we want, isn't it? We want a biblical worldview. Um, so that's a huge point on communication uh, from this article. Okay, um, a third helpful tip from the article is this. Uh, we should use discernment in what we communicate. And I really like this because Jesus actually once said something related to this in John 16. He said, to speaking to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And I think, I may be wrong, but I think some marriages might be able to relate to this. Um, we don't always need to say everything that we could say. Um, you can actually use discretion. You can use wisdom uh, when speaking. You know, know your audience. Um, husbands, this could be a good reminder. Sometimes we're more like fact-oriented and less emotion-driven at times than our wives or we're just problem solvers. We just want to get the problem fixed. And so, you know, your your wife comes to you and she's she's upset and you all of a sudden lay out like six six points on how you're going to solve this and you you know you have like three sub points for each point okay sure that all might be valid but but maybe they couldn't bear it at that time so maybe you just need to be patient and you know be a shoulder to cry on and say yeah i totally understand and 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 say a couple words but but we need to use discernment in what we communicate or think about parenting um you know is your child absolutely exhausted after a day at disneyland well, don't lecture them on how they should have known you were waiting in the car for 20 minutes. I mean, have some understanding. They they might need sleep. They they maybe they're not as sharp as they were two hours ago. Know your audience. And and Beaky says this. He writes, We have to know when we've said enough. We should be neither a fire hydrant gushing out nor a leaky faucet constantly dripping. Yeah, that's so true. I'm often trying to determine even with Felicity, what she's able to bear in terms of instruction and correction, even speaking to a two-year-old requires so much discernment because, um, I mean, how much more like everyone else around us, I think that's definitely um, something that we have to juggle and just think through yeah. um, before we speak. And um, another point, number four, is we should speak respectfully. And I think this is so good, um, having regard for the beauty and dignity of the person to whom we're speaking is so important. Um, think less of yourself and more of them. That's such a helpful reminder. And it's so basic. It's just so basic. But be respectful. I think about my parents and just how they were very um, careful with their words. I know my mom she would always say, you know, like she would try to think before she spoke. And sometimes it was frustrating. She'd be in a situation where it was really difficult and she would just have to pause for a moment because she said, if I said something in that moment, what was in my mind, it wouldn't be so pretty. And so she always just chose to like pause for a second. Sometimes she would have like, you know, maybe a 10 second pause and she'd think and she'd like lower her voice and just speak very kindly to us, you know, and like, those things are hard as a parent. I find myself multiple times um, just having to have that um, that pause even for me and thinking about what am I saying to Felicity? Are these words, 
even respectful, uh, you know, two-year-old. I mean, it's it's very difficult um, to think about those words before we speak, but then also being respectful to people in this sense, um, calling adults. We always called my mom's best friend, Miss Cindy or Mr. David or whoever it was, but even just showing respect in that way and thinking of um, how we can speak respectfully and serve others and show them respect in our lives. That's so good. And it's something that can easily you know, if we're not careful, we can allow this disrespect to kind of filter in to our communication. And we know, I mean, if we're honest, we know there's certain things we say and the way we say it, which maybe the words themselves aren't classified as disrespect, right. but kind of the edge we speak it with yes. can be very disrespectful. Mm. And and so we should speak respectfully. Basic? Sure. But do we need to be reminded of that? Absolutely. Mm, um, so I mean, wives, think about respecting your husband or husband respecting your wife. And, and you know, when they, they ask you to do something and you say, yeah, got it. Mm. Well, sure, you're, you're technically just communicating to them that, yeah, you're on it. But the way you say it, the tone could, could have a demeaning I think it just shows like what's in our hearts will come out too in those moments. And so I found myself multiple times and there have been times I've said something, a remark like that to Jer, um, just something so silly. And I've come back and had to just ask him for forgiveness. And sometimes he didn't even pick up on something that I said, but it was more so in my heart. And I was just saying, oh, yeah, like I responded kind of sharp and it wasn't respectful. It wasn't very kind and gracious. And so having to go back and just ask for forgiveness for those things. Um, and it makes me think twice before I speak next time because I want my words to be loving and um, respectful to anyone I'm speaking to. Yeah, and it goes back to to the fact that everyone we're speaking to, no matter who they are, is made in the image of God. Mm. That's really good. Um, okay, we've got to move on. But number five from Beaky's article is we should show genuine interest and warmth in our communication. Mm-hmm. And he, he talks about how around family time at the di- dining table, you know, it's a good idea to keep the conversation positive and upbeat to show that we're interested in, in this case, his children and, um, you know, teaching them how to listen better to us. And even when there's something negative that needs to be said, um, but but making a conscious effort every day to tell you know his children that he loves them, you know he says we should tell them every day. I don't care if they're eight or eighteen years old. It's mm-hmm. important for them to know how much we love them. I love that. Yeah. Um, we should show genuine interest and warmth. When's the last time you told people in your life that you love them mm. and expressed it? Right. You know. Um, when's the last time that you really sat with someone, phone down? You know, not looking at a text message, not binging on Netflix, but you really just sat down, looked at someone in the eyes and just said, so tell me, how was your day? And with warmth and genuine interest, keynote, keyword, genuine, uh, ask them how they're doing. You know, there's a way to ask someone how you're doing, kind of like from in Jersey, like my dad grew up in Jersey and it's like, how you doing? How you doing? (laughs) There's an old Budweiser commercial years ago where this cowboy walks into the bar and I think he's in Jersey or somewhere and, and 
he sits down next to this guy and the guy goes, how you doing? And he goes, well, I'm doing just fine. I just flew in from Texas. And, and the guy that's looking, I'm like, what are you talking? Why are you talking to me? <laughs> and then another guy sits down and goes, how you doing? Well, I'm doing just fine. And he keeps answering them because he's like, well, they're asking me. <laughs> And what he didn't, didn't realize was that, no, we just say, how you doing? But we, we don't really we don't care. We want to know what you're, yeah, how like, you're actually doing. <laughs> don't actually tell me how you're doing. Well, well, that can happen, right? Mm. And when was the last time you actually said, how are you doing? And showed genuine interest and warmth in conversation. That is so good. It doesn't matter what relationship you're in. Yeah. And people can tell, too, if you're genuinely interested Absolutely. in them or if you're just trying to um, exchange pleasantries. And so I think that's something that... We, I loved that podcast we did before on people are interesting. And so I think if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. It's very um, helpful just thinking through how to engage with others and questions to ask. Yeah, super helpful. Um, okay, number six was uh, that Beaky wrote was we should show gratitude for the things others do. And now he's speaking about kids. But my goodness, how helpful is that for everyday talking? Do you show gratitude? Yeah, that's really good. We've added a prayer to Felicity's bedtime routine, and it's just the cutest thing. Felicity um, prays each night, and she says, Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for Mommy. Thank you for Daddy. And we're just teaching her to be grateful. And I think those moments are so precious um, teaching her about uh, who has given her this life and the things in it to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And we're teaching her to express that things. And how often do we do that? How often do we express gratitude for others? And sometimes we need to say difficult things to people we love. Um, and can't we catch that in reminders of what we are grateful for and what we can um, express three things that we're grateful for before correcting or critiquing. That's something that I've really appreciated. Jerry, you've done very well. Um, even, you know, if it was a church situation when you were pastoring and you had to bring something up to someone or you saw a situation with a friend and just trying to think of what do I appreciate about this person? What amazing character traits have I seen that I want to follow after and just sharing those things with that person. And then when you have to bring a critique, I think it will be more warmly received because they know that you care about them. They know that you see um, even the growth in their lives and you're appreciative of that and you're appreciative of how they're walking with Christ instead of just bringing out that critique front and center by itself because that is not healthy and it won't help your relationship. Yeah. If if you really want to have an influence in someone's life, parents, listen up. I mean, if you really want to have an influence in your kid's life, do it, it is all they hear from you, don't do this. Don't do this. You're not good enough. You're not doing good enough. You're not this. You're not this. You change this. Change that. Honestly, they'll just start tuning you out. It, it's it's I mean, imagine someone in your life, if all they ever did was criticize you, you'd begin to think, well, you know what? I I mean, I know I'm not amazing but or perfect, but I've got some good stuff about me. Like, And you just never see it. And on the flip side, if somebody only ever flatters, you start to realize, well, hey, thanks, but I'm, I'm not that amazing. Yeah, they're not a true friend either. <laughs> yeah, I want somebody yeah. who's going to 
compliment and be grateful for and express gratitude and appreciation, but also share criticism and critique helpfully. And if you really want to have influence in someone's life, don't just constantly cut them down because they'll put you in the category of, okay, that person's a troll, that person's a hater, they're just going to attack me all the time, so I ignore that. Um, and they're going to go listen to someone else. Yeah, and I think as we've, I think we keep going back to this, maybe I do, but in the marriage relationship too, I yeah. think that's something that has been very helpful, like just thinking about that. And so if I see something um, just very, I mean, very rare, Jerry's pretty much a perfect person to live with, but yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's amazing um, just having that when we're thinking of the other person and what we really appreciate about them and focusing on that. Then when we do need to bring a critique or we need to say, hey, you know, that attitude or oh, that, you know, when you said that, it was hurtful. And being able to say those things, but that person knows, your spouse knows that you love them so much and that that's why you're sharing that. Yeah, it's motivated by that love. That's so good. Okay, okay, the final tip here from Joel Beakey, the preeminent Puritan scholar. Uh, We should make eye-to-eye contact. I like that. And you go, communication, it's about words. But he goes, Mm -hmm. use your eyes. Especially in today's culture where so many people are focused on their screens. Oh my goodness. We live in a distracted world. Mm -hmm. Phones, computers, TV. So we can become unaware that we're talking and listening, but not really, right? Like you're kind of listening. Mm -hmm. You're, you're kind of talking, but, but not really. Um, listen to what Beaky writes. He says, when we're engrossed in a book or staring at a computer screen, it's easy to block out spoken words. We should strive to make eye contact when we communicate with our children, now we're saying with everyone, to make sure they're getting our message. Good teachers know the value of eye contact in the classroom. If we don't insist on eye contact, we may think we were heard when in fact we weren't. We may miss important nonverbal messages as well. Um, I was trying to call someone the other day. Get this. Now this will blow your mind in 2020. Two days in a row. I went to call this person and it went to voicemail. And then I realized, oh yeah, he's on vacation. And he actually turned his phone off for days at a time. That's really good. (laughs) Now, there's a great book that we're listening to uh, by Tony Ranke called 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. And we're also reading his other book called Competing Spectacles, which just came out. Um, and he has some amazing things to say about this distractedness. And babe, maybe we should do a podcast with Tony Ranke uh, when we're done reading those books. Hey, I think that's a good idea. That might, we might need to reach out to Tony because <laughs> as, as we're reading these books, he's talking about how this age of phones and technology is really dramatically changing how we communicate in ways that we're not even aware of. Mm, that is excellent. Yeah, such good stuff. So I said at the start, I was going to talk about the best marriage advice I ever received. You ready for it? Yes. I mean, you've heard it before. I've heard it before. (laughs) Uh, So I was asking all this advice from my friends and different ones uh, before I got married and some great stuff. But there was a guy who's my age, hadn't been married more than probably two or three years at the time I asked him. So what, what advice you got for me? And he said this. He said, every night when your head hits the pillow, ask your wife is there anything on your heart? Is there anything you want to talk about? And my goodness, 
that has been such a, a, a source of blessing for us because it's, it's opened conversation and it's opened my eyes to my wife's heart. Um, when evenings when I thought, hey, everything's cool, and all of a sudden I say, babe, you want to talk about anything, anything on your heart? And she says, well, yeah, actually. And we start talking, and um, man, what good advice that was. Oh, yes, that's been so wonderful, and I really appreciate you, Jared, just taking that advice and asking those questions. And um, I try to ask that now as well on different occasions because I think it really is easy to um, – overlook or not to think about what the other person could have on their mind. But that communication has been so vital. And that definitely has been the best advice that we were given. And it's such good advice because it strikes at the very heart of what makes a relationship flourish. Mm -hmm. And it's good communication. And here's one thing, one thought uh, we want to share in conclusion. Uh, It's about the gospel. All of this comes back to the gospel of Jesus. And you think, how in the world does this topic of communication come back to the gospel? And I'm not making this up, but but just think for a moment. How do we know the gospel? How do we know about Jesus? Well, very simply, because God chose to condescend to our level and talk to us. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is called the Word. Through the Word, through your words, you are revealed. You are known by what you say. The Word reveals the heart. It reveals the inner person. That's why there's that, that proverb, that not the biblical proverb, but the kind of saying which says, A drunk man's words are a sober man's thoughts. Words reveal someone. And think about this. God revealed himself to us. He's actually spoken to us. And he's continuing to speak to us. Hebrews 1 tells us that long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. The way we know the gospel, the way we know that God is holy and that we are sinners and that through repentance and faith we can be made right with this holy, righteous God is through God communicating with us through his word. It all comes back to the gospel, which is really fascinating. So so in conclusion, talk communicate uh, and give thanks that you're able to do so. Right. So a few closing tips. Talk often. Yeah. Engage one another often in all your relationships. Um, Talk intentionally and talk selflessly. Ask questions, draw other people out, and you'll discover that they'll draw you out. Yeah, those those are good tips. Talk often, talk intentionally, talk selflessly. Um, Well, Guys, like we said at the start, uh, we'd love it if you rate and review the podcast. Send us your thoughts, suggestions at contact at Hope We Hold or hashtag Our Hope Story on social media and tag at Hope We Hold. Uh, thanks for sitting with us today on the Hope We Hold podcast. We trust that you were encouraged. And it is our hope that your hope would be in Christ alone. 